better push start. Go. <laughs> Hello, everyone. I'm Daniel. I'm Carrie. I'm Patrick. And welcome to the 1956 Oscars. Uh, we've made it this far so far. The name of our podcast is... The name is... of our podcast is If I Ran the Oscars, where we select one movie from each year that the, Os- that the Academy Awards were presented on television. And we take a look at that film in the category in which it won. And then we take a look at some other categories just to give ourselves a broad range of filmmaking, acting, directing, wide breadth of appreciation for the art of movies. Yeah. Uh, we've made it to 1956, which means that we have selected the movie The Rose Tattoo. There's, Which we didn't know anything about. We didn't really know anything about it. Uh, this is our second film with uh, Burt Lancaster, mm-hmm. the very well-known and handsome actor man. As uh, twere. This is also our second film in which a very American actor plays someone from a uh, European country. From somewhere else. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. This, time he attemp- this time an attempt at an accent was made. Not sure it succeeded. Yeah. <laughs> Sort of made a little bit of an yeah. attempt. Uh, His accent really tripped me up a couple times. Yeah. yeah. A couple of uh, fun facts about the uh, Oscars that year. The Best Picture winner, which was not this one, mm-hmm. was a film by the name of Marty. Simple and low budget, shortest film to win the top honor. Ever? Uh, according to this, I believe so. Wow. This was also the last year that Best Foreign Language Film was a special award. Oh, okay. In that it was not a merit award okay. up until this up until next year mm-hmm. when it would finally be a competitive award. Okay. So that's interesting. Uh, this movie is based on a play by Tennessee Williams. The play hit Broadway in 1951, which okay. means that this movie, the production of this movie was very timely to sure. the popularity of the play. Sure. Uh, the play had a revival in 1966, so it stayed around. When he wrote the play, he wrote the play for Italian actress Anna Magnani, who did not participate in the Broadway production because she was struggling with English. Okay. By the time the movie came around, her English was better. How did he know her, I wonder? Does it say? I, I believe he was just a big fan. Huh. I, because... Let's go to her Wikipedia. Or is because, this Magnini? I uh, Magnani. It's, Mag- it's the I uh, phonetic pronunciation on Wikipedia has the same A symbol for the first A and the second A. Ah, Magnani. I see here. She was referred to as La Lupa, the perennial toast of Rome, and a living she-wolf symbol of the cinema. Oh my! Time magazine <laughs> described her personality as fiery. And drama critic Harold Clerman said her acting was volcanic. Well, she was loud. I'll In the realm that. of Italian cinema, she was passionate, fearless, and exciting. An actress that film historian Barry Monish calls the volcanic earth mother of all Italian cinema. Wow. Holy cripes. Director Roberto Rossellini called her the greatest acting genius since Eleonora Doucet. Playwright Tennessee Williams became an admirer of her acting and wrote the rose tattoo specifically for her. For which, spoilers, we shall discuss later, she won an Academy Award for Best Actress, becoming the first Italian to win an Oscar. Huh. She is widely considered one of the best Italian actor-actresses 
of all time. Huh. Wow. And all right. her early career was stage and cinema in mm-hmm. Italian language films. Sure. And then eventually she did do some American, some English language. But mm-hmm. as early as 1950, Life magazine had already stated that she was one of the most impressive actresses since Garbo. Who I don't know who that is. Greta Garbo. Greta, Greta Garbo. Garbo. Yep. We're Swedish. That's because mm-hmm. you are young. I am young. But yeah, I would agree that hmm. volcanic and fiery would describe the character that was written here. Mm-hmm. If mm-hmm. you were trying to write a piece for this particular actress, that's what you'd do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree. It fit her yeah. acting uh, skill set, Yeah, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, would you like to guess where the film was filmed? We tried that during the film, and I, yeah. you I think... figure it didn't. It was never important where the film was. No, no. But he said his fruit company was in Biloxi, so it, you know. He was but driving was, bananas around. But there so. were a lot of palm trees. Yeah, most much of the film was shot on location in Key West. Key West. Ah. Okay. Although the setting is not mentioned in the film. Right. Other than Biloxi, that's yes. it. The house featured in the film stands to this day, and is known as the Rose Tattoo House. Wow. And that's about it for, like, the production of this film. Wikipedia does not have a whole lot on this film. Right. Well, because it wasn't a big deal. It's got awards and stuff, obviously, because mm-hmm. it just piled on. Yeah. Well, it. and I guess we haven't had enough films that were innovators, you know, other than a guy that did the, um, sorry for yawning people, um, you know, he was the first one to do the, uh, shooting the scenes on location. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I guess I, I wrongly expected a little bit more of that from yeah. this film. Yeah. And we'll and we'll get to that a little bit. And uh, I think that the black and white served I mean it's this is mm-hmm. what they're at at this point in time. You can't you don't have color film. So you yeah. really have to pay attention to the lighting or uh, you're gonna miss. So Joe Van Fleet is another person in this mm-hmm. film. Mom recognized her from uh, my, the Cinderella Rogers and Hammerstein Cinderella that I love to watch and my children tease me about watching it. I uh, mm. that is definitely on her list of things that she was in. Right, but she was she was a famous actress before that. Beginning on Broadway, 1946 as Dorcas in The Winter's Tale mm. and playing Regan in King Lear in 1950. Yeah. Mm. She won the Tony Award for I uh, her I uh, role in The Trip to Bountiful. Uh, she eventually came to Hollywood. Her first films were 1952's Flight to Egypt, 1953's Camino Real, East of Eden. She got an Academy Award for Best Supporting Actress. Oh, her film... Oh, Kezan is directing her on stage in those two. Her first film role was in 1955 East of Eden, hmm. for which she won an Academy Award for Best Supporting Actress. Mm-hmm. Okay. The same year that this film came out. Sure. She was not nominated for this film. Right. Well, she really had a very small part. She wasn't a supporting She was in Gunfight at the OK Corral. Uh, She was nominated for a Tony for Look Homeward Angel. Uh, She was in Cinderella. So what year was the Cinderella? Uh, 65. So the the young woman who was cast as Cinderella, I've seen a a, a retrospective look back, and she remarked uh, that she was in awe of Miss Van Fleet because she was just such a renowned actress and, you know, she could learn so much from her. Yeah. Uh, On TV, she was in Bonanza, The Wild Wild West, Policewoman, 
Hmm. She only had a decade of about three decades, uh, a career of yeah. three decades. Yeah. But she did kind of a lot. Yeah. She was not, someone from this film was nominated for supporting actress, and it was the daughter. Sure. Who, uh, that would be Marissa Pavine. Mm-hmm. New tab. She's the twin sister of Pierre Angeli. Okay. Who is another person. That Her, doesn't mean anything to me. She's got kind of a weird thing there going on. Uh, her film debut was in 1952. This was her breakthrough. Okay. Uh, it was, uh, the part was given to her twin sister, who was then unavailable. Huh. And so she got the part and got a nomination. She got the Golden Globe for this part, though. Okay. Hmm. Uh, she been in a lot of things. Stuff, stuff, stuff. It's, we have to... Fill in some... Is she still alive? I don't know. She's still alive. Really? Yep. She's 88. Wow. Uh, the other guy that might be worth talking about is Ben Cooper, who played Jack the Sailor mm-hmm. in this right? one. Uh, he died in February. Oh, just Of recently. this year. Okay. Uh, he received a Golden Boot Award for his work in Westerns. He <laughs> was pretty prolific in mm-hmm. Western things. He did stage at the age of nine... Wow. In the play Life with Father. Okay. And from the time he started in the play to the time that the play ended running four years later, he had switched roles because he had grown up and was playing an older character. Sure, sure. Because you can't Uh, keep mm -hmm. playing a little kid. He was in 34 radio serials. Oh my goodness. His earliest screen... He was working from a really young age. His on-screen appearance was when he was 18... In 1952, on the Armstrong Circle Theater, uh, Thunderbirds, Johnny Guitar, The Last Command, Duel at Apache Wells, he was in Rose Tattoo, he was on dozens of TV westerns, uh, Tales of Wells Fargo, Wagon Train, Bonanza, Rawhide. He yeah. looked familiar uh, from westerns. He tried out for a character on the 90-minute TV series The Virginian. He's like his film appearance. List He's just is, a major, big time working actor. He was in something in 1994. Wow! As I believe a western. <laughs> well, good for him. He found something that worked and he did it. Yeah, he was in an episode of Who's the Boss. Good for <laughs> no him. <kidding. laughs> All right. So now that we've gone through a bit of the history of this film. Mm-hmm. We've got four things that we're looking for. First one, cinematography. We kind of touched on this a little bit. We've looked at cinematography of winning films on previous episodes. It's partially unfair to judge a film by previous years because that's not what it's running against. Correct. However, that being said, if we don't see what else it's being run against, basically all we have is... There should be at least status quo, if not improvement. Right. And I don't think this film is a an improvement over previous films we've seen that have mm-hmm. won for cinematography. Right. Films from the 1950s. Yeah. Correct. There are some things that just won't be as good in the 50s because there weren't easily, you know, small enough cameras to do some shots or you couldn't mm-hmm. get high enough to do some things or things like that. Yeah. There are some things that are fairly universal and yeah maybe hadn't been weren't universally known but you don't like you don't need a genius to figure out you know how to light a scene correct to look at it and go this guy's face is entirely shadowed 
maybe we should move the light over here. Right, right. So, I don't know what's going on. I don't know. Maybe the other films, the cinematography was just dog. Yeah, this one definitely did not feel Oscar-worthy from a cinematography perspective. At least to me, I think. I think it was okay. It was okay. Like, it makes you wonder what they saw as value. You know, Maybe because it was, was real palm trees. Was it the lo- was it the location? Maybe because they were driving a truck on a road. I'm not convinced they were. <laughs> they well, did they have did some, a little they bit. Did have, right. They did have the chase scene that looked very real. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, that wasn't in a studio. That was on yeah. a highway. I, I don't know. I'm not sure that makes I, that much difference. Yeah. But it was, it was, it was novel at the time. Yeah. I don't think that one scene is enough to say... This entire thing is worth it. Like, for an example, there is uh, the Prince of Egypt movie, where there, I mean, there had been some 3D animated movies before. Like, Toy Story had happened. Mm-hmm. But there's the scene with the parting of the Red Sea, mm-hmm. and that stood as a record of most time took to animate a scene for a long time. Right. Especially be, like, if you look at the history of computer graphics for film that record stood as the one that took the longest for them to get around to because of how detailed it was right until transformers yeah at which point it was beaten by them animating optimus prime sure Mm -hmm. but the like the if that was the only thing that was good about the the cg of that film Mm -hmm. and the rest of it was like i don't know whatever Mm -hmm. it probably would not have won awards for it or would not be considered such a good film for it. This one having one good car chase scene that was relatively well shot and it had like the good explosions and mm-hmm. things like that. I don't think that would be enough to give the entire thing a pass. Mm-hmm. Right. But what I'm saying is that we haven't seen enough movies from, from the mid 1950s to know if that was even a thing. Yeah. So that could have been a novelty, but along with there were times when they it looked like they were shooting outside and it was real palm trees, not yeah. just something on and, a back and, lot. And, it, and so. it looked as though it looked as though they were shooting in the house. Yeah. Not in a studio. Yeah. Which mm-hmm. I thought was and, and maybe that makes Perhaps a difference. That's really too. Novel. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Right, we don't know. But segue Transformers, Shia LaBeouf's like uh, doppelganger. doppelganger was in this film. <laughs> Good old Grandpa Whitwicky. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, the, we're he's just the one who found the Transformium. Uh, I'm just saying he's, he's hiding in the background. As you got to watch him at the, the Enchantment Under the Sea dance. There is definitely nothing on Wikipedia of Shia LaBeouf's grandpa is in this movie. So <laughs> see, we're the is, first. This is we supposition. It might be true. Second thing we're looking at is the musical score. Uh, this one would be under the drama or comedy section as opposed to the musical section. Correct. Which had its own award. My phone is on 2% battery, so hopefully we get through this. Uh, I will look up and see if it was nominated for this. I doubt it. I but... don't think so. There were two pieces of music that were credited at the beginning as, you know, like yeah. the actual yeah. piece of music. It was. It, it was, was nominated. nominated? It was nominated. That's very oh. surprising. It did me. not win. I the winner was Love is a Many Splendored Thing, which That's got a really great theme song. And the scoring of a musical picture was Oklahoma. Which that I can sense. sing just about all which, those songs. Of course is <laughs> oh it's Oklahoma. Of course. Yes. Uh, this one I also think that it's like nominated 
cool, whatever. I don't think this one was changing anyone's minds about how good the music Correct. The bit at the end was discussed a bit where it goes from an auto piano to like Some... it transitions to the orchestral play us out like play us out, Steve. Mm-hmm. It was strange. And it was weird and it was loud and because yeah. we... it was a play an old time player piano with the the paper or but cardboard. The transition rolls. to the to the play us out portion mm-hmm. was very awkward. But you I have thought. to remember that's from our 2020 vision correct yeah, yeah and you go back 50 years or more yeah. like i'm not gonna fault them for necessarily for having like a matte painting in the background just right. because nowadays we can do it with cg and it looks more realistic right right it just like it well they didn't have the sound editing capabilities either that's true mm-hmm. I and mean, it just right. didn't Everything exist was, uh, you know analog yeah mm-hmm. had to do with what they could <laughs> right right yeah but and maybe, and perhaps that was a novelty mm-hmm. to be able to take something like that and then mesh it with yeah. an orchestral version. Yeah. We, we don't yeah. know that. Part of the whole novelty thing is I think you'd want to put it more like front and center, not just have it tacked on at the end if you're going to do something cool. Yeah. Like how, you know, Star Wars, you always got to put the cool stuff in the middle. You got to mm-hmm. make it look cool. Yeah. You don't just be like, all right, it's the very end of the movie. We're going to blow up the Death Star and then we're going to ro- roll credits. Yeah. Well, and I, I think in, <laughs> from it. a music perspective in this movie, there wasn't a lot of room for it. No. There, there was, was a lot of screaming. There, there was, was a lot. lot of dialogue. Yeah, yeah, a lot of dialogue. This was a dialogue-heavy movie, which yeah. makes sense because it used to be a play. Yeah. And plays are basically 95% dialogue and 5% costume changes. Unless they're musicals. <laughs> Unless they're musicals, in which case it's 90% singing and 10% costume changes. And then it's Oklahoma. Yes. Uh, next category we're looking at is Best Actress. We randomly rolled that one, and we already kind of talked about it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think aside from the whole yelling a lot, and that might not necessarily be our particular cup of tea when it comes to actressing. Or life. Or we're life. Just, we're not yelling people. I think that we're just not. it was a role written for her, and she killed it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She did. This is, you know, if you don't like the actor, actor, this is going to be very much like mom not liking Jeff Goldblum. Because they definitely write movies for him. Right. And then he kills it because, because they wrote it Jeff for Goldblum. him. Right. And you don't like it because you don't like the character that gets written for him all the time. It's just But not I'll my watch favorite. like Thor Ragnarok and I'll see him and go, this is the movie he was born to play. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. it is and it works. Yeah. Right. Uh, one last category here. Switch it up. We're looking at the art direction, okay. which is going to have to do with uh, set design and mm-hmm. things like that. That one, it's a little too difficult because they didn't do a lot of... It, it really looked like they didn't do a lot of set design. They just were out and about, mm-hmm. which... I mean, I like su- they went into the house and yeah. left it the way it was. Which I suppose is a credit to the art design team. Because yeah. it takes a lot of work to look like you didn't do any work. Right. Yes. And to be able to... If they were, in fact, filming in the house, which it appeared that they were... Yes. It's really challenging to do so, which is maybe another thing going back to the cinematography. Because to film well inside a building that's not designed for filming... It has mm-hmm. four walls. ...is challenging to do. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's a that's a combination of the cinematography team and the art direction right, team, right? Working together, figuring out where how how can we shoot this scene in in a space? You know, we need to make holes in the wall. Do we need to? You know, yeah. Which clearly they didn't do because the house is real. Yeah, mm-hmm. so they pulled it off somehow. But 
the I like it all works. Mm-hmm. It's not. This is no like Shakespeare flowery thing. The everything about it. I think I called it uh, controlled chaos. Yeah. That I think was very much the intention of the film. Is it wanted to look rough? It wanted to look like. Well, it was real life. Yeah, someone's real life. It was a normal problem, but at the same time, it was fantastical mm-hmm. to them. Where they were having trouble with just something in their life, and their life turned into a play. Mm-hmm. And the set design definitely did that, because it looked normal enough that we would believe it. But it was also something like, we're not Sicilian. We don't live mm-hmm. in unspecified town yeah on the coast of some on the coast of somewhere where there's bananas where there's bananas and yet nothing about it like we could look at it and go like oh no this is a house and then you go over here and you got this over here and this makes mm-hmm. sense over here and you pull this and yeah their house made sense mm-hmm. and so on that i think they did very well and it's a good thing they did because they won well they won. i think yeah. i there were times when i looked at um the interiors of the house and probably especially because I am a dressmaker. Mm-hmm. So then to look at the... I mean, this woman was a, an at-home seamstress. Yeah. And those... The spaces, I thought, they made sense. I There would certainly have been, you know, a lot more supplies, or boxes of supplies, which were not shown. Which don't kind of... But I thought... Show that. But, it, but it made sense to me. And also... I, because it's a black and white film, then the you know the saturation of color, which yeah. there really isn't because mm-hmm. it's not color, but you still have to have that gradation in order to have things be interesting. Correct. And have mm-hmm. it not just be this all the same mm-hmm. monotone gray. Mm-hmm. And I think that they that what they did well with that. You know, the shutters were maybe had a broken slat or two, which then introduced. A slightly different pattern on the windows or it added some extra light and I think those things were really helpful mm-hmm. to make it feel more alive. We managed to randomly roll every category that it won for. Ha! It was See? nominated for eight and a one for three. Wow. Ha! Wow. Well that's Here good. We know the, one more thing about our direction in the cinematography. When they were doing dark at night scenes they really looked legitimately dark at night. Yeah. Well, they, sometimes. They did look like they had space spotlights times. to light the scene. Yeah. But it also didn't look like it was daytime. Right. So. There were know. some that looked like it was supposed to be middle of the night, but it looked like it was morning now. Some of yeah. them. So. Yeah. Well, like they, like the time that Bert Lancaster had to have 911 called on him. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. I'm not sure if we want to put this one on the, you should watch this one if you have the time. I don't know. Well, it depends if you like Tennessee Williams. If you like Tennessee Williams, you know, sure. Then it's probably oh, a yeah. winner. Yeah, sure. and if you like Burt Lancaster, yeah. then I guess go well, ahead. It was, a, it was a character I had not seen him play. I mean, oh, yeah. ra- no. radically different kind of character. I'm not sure I believed in him, his acting on this I think one. if we're going to go for ra- uh, examples of radically different character, if we want to go back to a podcast that we used to do, <laughs> uh, The Woman of Substance... That Liam Neeson character was a radically different character, but not, but not like used to make him look bad, as it were. Right, this right. one, I feel like Burt Lancaster was meant to look bad. But he was supposed to be the grandson of the village idiot. 
Yeah, yeah. and he pulled that off fantastically by looking like an idiot. He did but well. But he was also supposed to be, like, the good guy, and well, we, we never got sure. a chance to see him be the good guy, or, I That's don't know... That's a storytelling problem. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, the storytelling on this one, Tennessee Williams, gotta get your... He's done better. He's done better. He's it gotta felt get that like His character, the way he played his character, felt like a high school musical, a high school play... A little overacting, a little kind of cartoonish, yeah, if you will. Mm. And with the rest of the seriousness of the film, yeah. it looked very out of place. Yeah. And not quite in the, you know, Falstaff needs to look goofy around the rest of these people. It was right. It took it almost took away from it. I mean it was it was his it was that character, and I think he did it well. Yeah. But the character seemed over the top. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, eh. yeah, maybe yeah. it was written that way. Maybe it was intended that way. Maybe you watch it. Maybe you don't. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Uh, if you want to watch a movie about someone who doesn't want to love again and turns out that maybe they should, despite the jerks in their life, there you maybe, go. Maybe you should watch uh, Ten Things I Hate About You. Yeah, <gasps> I watched that this last week. Oh, Heath Ledger, Julia Stiles. I think that movie is a better movie in the genre of you will never love again except when the hot boy comes. (laughs) There you go. Yeah. All right. Next week, we'll watch a different movie. Wait a second. What? I didn't read this out. Oh, wait, that's right. You have to do the thing. I'm sorry. This is is new to me still. (laughs) We want to thank the Academy for doing its job and thereby pointing us in the direction of quality filmmaking. All right. See ya. See ya. Bye.